Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 162. We made it. We made it. And uh, on the day we're uh, filming this, uh, spring has sprung. Did you guys notice that? Spring has sprung. Mm Mm-hmm. What that means? I it ain't mean, spring. It's I, I know. That's spring. what. I, that's my point. I walked outside today and I and I came back yellow. Oh well, oh, there you go. Oh, pollen is out. Yeah. It's pollen season. It, it is. is terrible. It's been that way season. for the. I'd say the last week. Yes, I it has. I'm fully uh, medicated. I bet. <laughs> I'm totally medicated. That'll make today's pollen. episode fun. One of my <laughs> one of my uh, uh, practices that I committed to my my discipleship group this mm. this next few months is I'm supposed to go and spend time uh, in a in quiet solitude doing nothing mm. because this is supposed to help me not feel the need for perfectionism and productivity cool. all the time so I decided to go outside and practice my thing today and I and I've made it about five minutes and I had snot running down my face I believe it it was I awful believe it. so I don't know if I I don't have to find an indoor place to be uh, unproductive now yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm so glad I good. wasn't with you. Yeah, yeah. You that can. would have one. It would have ruined your practice. It would have because I wouldn't have been in <laughs> you solitude. Would have been in solitude, and I would have seen. But I would have ruined your mood seeing me. <laughs> yeah, it's not normal. It's not so, Which is what everybody comes to the podcast to know. Welcome to Snotty Nose. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had a name. Well, this question that we're dealing with today is uh, not far from the nose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How you like that segue? That's right. That's by, interesting. By that far. Uh-huh. It is. It's, it's from here far. to here because <laughs> yeah. today our question is, what's the deal with speaking in tongues? Yeah, that's the question. What that's like a good it? 90s stand-up comic setup. <laughs> is it? What's the deal hey, with these tongues? The I know. Tongues. So, yeah, airline food. Is it peanuts? Is peanuts <laughs> a meal? You do that whole joke and then you go into your speaking in tongues joke. So that's the question today, fellas. Um and then the literal question is, what's the deal with Literal. speaking in tongues? I don't edit questions, Nathan. Oh. In case you I haven't didn't, seen, I didn't Maybe say you start. did. I didn't know if you were. I didn't know if you were being a little uh, facetious nope. in your in what's your the little performance. That is a cut and paste. What's from the deal? The, our question. The our deal? question form, which is in the description of this podcast, by the way, where you can ask a question. But I cut and pasted it right out of there, and they want to know what's the deal with speaking in tongues. So, well, what's the deal? So I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the biblical thing and then let y'all handle the Aww, rest. Okay, man. y'all can handle the All other right. part. Okay, or I'll take. Is there parts. another part? There shouldn't be, but there is. <laughs> okay, give us the biblical answer. The biblical answer is there were languages. Yes. So if you're talking about what's the deal, why do some people speak in Spanish, Jason? <laughs> why do some their people? Because their mama taught them. <laughs> why are they speak in Greek? Why are there people speaking languages that I don't understand? Mm. And wouldn't it be great if God really wanted to get his message out if somebody had the ability to speak in their language, but other people heard it in their language, Mm -hmm. which is the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. Now, the way you just described it made it sound like the person was still speaking their language, but the other person heard it. Well, I've heard it both ways. Or are they actually speaking their language? That's right. I've, cause I remember I didn't ask the question because I'd only been a Christian. So when I first went to Bible college, I, so here's something y'all are gonna find. I'm like, I don't know if you'll find it interesting or not. You think we will? Well, <laughs> I'm gonna tell it anyway because the mic's right there. Yeah. Uh, when I first started learning the Bible, 
I didn't know there had ever been a tongue spoken anywhere on the planet ever. Okay. I had gone to church my whole life, but to a church where tongue speaking, we'd gone to a whole bunch of churches, but I guess because my dad had made really clear we ain't going anywhere where they do that. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. We had only gone to churches where those things didn't take place. And so I was in an ACTS class, A-C-T-S, which I also thought was originally A-X-E. <laughs> when somebody said, are you going to take the book of Acts? And I'm like, the book of Acts? Shopping you bet it. I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did not know it was A-C-T-S. Okay. And they started talking about these people speaking and people, I thought, that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then a guy, and I'm thinking to myself when the professor described it, it sounds like it's not the gift of tongues, it's the gift of ears. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? Because yeah. if everybody heard it, is the miracle taking place in the tongue or mm. in the ear? Okay. And then a, a guy who was not as controlled as me mm. asked that question. And the What was their answer? Professor the professor Gary? made fun of him, first of all. Which <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was then glad it wasn't me. Okay. And then secondly, the professor said, well, this is what it's called. That's the language it's used, but we don't know for sure whether the miracle took place. Mm. It's sort of like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the uh, miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Did the did Jesus bless them and immediately as a multitude of fish and loaves produced? Or did it take place as they handed it out? Mm -hmm. We just don't, we don't know, know the answer to that. Okay. Uh, so that's the, that's the biblical gift of tongues as I understand them. Okay. You're talking specifically about just for people who may not even know what, when we said what's the deal with speaking in tongues, you're talking about the specific story out of Acts 2 where uh, this is the launch of the church, the Holy Spirit comes down, uh, and uh, that's the proof that Peter gives of this is how you can trust that uh, Jesus rose from the dead, is that these are the last days because of this miracle you're witnessing yeah. where people go out and they're speaking in tongues that uh, in languages that are the people. Uh, it's the evidence that the Holy Spirit has fallen on these people who are doing the speaking, which I think would give evidence that maybe, well, who knows, that it's not the gift of ears, that it's the gift of tongues, because it's the evidence that the Holy Spirit has fallen on the person who is spoke, speaking, True. not on the people who are listening. True. Uh, but, I mean, to and your point, very... it could be, you know, it could be Star Trek universal translator of I'm speaking in my language, and it still is the translator making it happen. Yeah. Who knows? But the gift, the gifting and is coming that... through that believer. Yeah. yeah. And on that particular day, it wasn't like you speak Spanish and I speak English and I speak and you hear your language and it's only one language. It was a multitude of words. There are people from all different kinds of places and they all heard in their own tongue. Yes. Yeah. And uh, then there are places like, is it well, second? Acts 10. Acts yeah. 10, then when Cornelius and them, yeah. they also, which I've always been I've, now, no one's ever said this, so I don't know how y'all think about that passage, but when I imagine that in my mind, I imagine here's a group of Gentile believers who may very well speak a different language than Peter. They've sure. asked Peter to come over, and Peter can't deny that when he comes, he's understanding them, though he knows he doesn't know their language. Because he, he says, how could I deny them to be baptized when I couldn't deny they had this gift? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a place in, is it 2 Corinthians or is it in Timothy where they talk about the order of worship? 
That's in first, first Corinthians. First Corinthians, first thank Corinthians, you. Yes. Yeah, where they talk about the order of worship, and Paul says when you have uh, unbelievers. That's 14, I think. Yeah, present with you, and someone starts speaking in tongues, you need to make sure you have an interpreter, mm-hmm. that you need to keep your worship orderly. And so um, there are certainly references that are con- confusing to all of us. When and we then, read and we go, what would that look like in a worship service? What does that mean? And then uh, there's a big disagreement over where some people take this to be tongues, where I have, they talk about private prayer languages, yes, right? where when it's Paul's in another place says the Holy Spirit prays for us in languages we can't understand, right. that some people believe that they have a private prayer language uh, that uh, they pray to God in that when they don't know what to say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that's that's the part I will take, and then I'm going to stand back and let y'all. Well, I would say uh, even on some even, <laughs> even on, that y'all have helped with. So yes. I'm not very helpful apparently on the tongue thing. My answer to what's the deal is there it's mentioned in the bible and i think the explanation ed gave i would agree with that explanation and then there's levels to it even and you heard us in ours that i don't know what it means and it's mysterious to me and i know there are believers around the world who feel like on both ends of it who believe that it it never happens anymore and it it's not if you hear anyone speaking in this kind of unknown language cuz some people believe it as it's not the gift of languages that are like earthly languages it's the gift of spiritual languages that don't exist on earth and like you said it's this private prayer language and so you might have either been to a church or maybe seen a a video of a church service where people are speaking in and i don't mean this offensively what sounds like gibberish it Mm -hmm. just sounds like language that doesn't make sense they believe it to be a spiritual language that it's a private way to communicate with god and there's people on both ends of that um, who believe that's a full spiritual gift. And there are some people who believe that's the sign that you have had, uh, you have been, you have been given the Holy Spirit. You have been saved that you, that you, until you have had that kind of an experience or something similar, one of those kind of spiritual gifting experiences. Well, there are all kinds of things along that line. There are certainly people think that that's a second work of grace. Right. You become a Christian and then your fourth, when you get your own right. prayer language, that becomes further proof that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are people, and they feel like they've kind of wrapped their arms around it. What I mean is they have a system for it. They have a uh, theology. They have a principle around even that second work of grace. Like they've named it. They've titled it. They go, I know how this works. This is what it looks like. And then yeah. there are people on the other end of it who believe that that was just something that that was like a one-time miracle or there were some things that may have happened in churches but it has ceased to happen anymore. And they also, at least in my mind, kind of have their arms wrapped around it and go, I know what's happening in this. I kind of fit a little more in the middle of, I just don't know. I have I have personally never had that experience. Mm-hmm. I don't have anyone I am personally related to, and I don't mean physically, I mean within the church, within that, that I would go, oh, that seems like a very accurate experience. And I under, you know, that well, makes sense. So. Let me speak to that as well, because I have, you know, I've had lots of, I'm older, so I've had more experience. I have a very good friend, uh, used to be very close to, was an elder of this church at one time until he Mm -hmm. moved away. And uh, he, he spoke in tongues, Mm -hmm. but never in our service. Sure. And never, he felt it was a private thing for him. Yep. And uh, so when I first, again, from this place that I was taught the Bible, 
When I came out, I would have said I was a secessionist. Uh, uh, Media ceased. Cessationist. Say thank you. I couldn't get the word out right. Meaning that it had ceased. Yeah. Right. And uh, the first little nip in that rock for me was uh, I would go to churches when I was in the process of maybe thinking about leaving ministry, which was in my late 20s. I would go to churches that were really growing that had some of these gifts taking place, mm. and it felt very real to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, it did not feel hokey. It did not feel, I never once felt the desire to have the gift, nor ever have had the gift, but it didn't feel odd to me. And so I just put that over in the category. Oh, okay, those people seem like really thoughtful, loving followers of Jesus. I don't know what to make of that, but I can't say I believe there's somehow, which people in my camp had one point thought, oh, that's all of the devil. Yeah, sure. So, right. I, that is I, not a spiritual gift from God. It's counter it's a sign of almost yeah. like possession or yeah. some kind so of... I, or just a distraction. They'd even talk, right. it's taken away from the main work of God for this thing. And so, but certainly there were people that said it was demon possession too. That's right. So it was the the full scope. That was my first thing. Then I would read some books by people that had a huge impact on me personally. And I would find out, oh, they're in that camp. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that when I'd read the book. And I'd go, well, this is a really smart person who seems to know the Lord in a way that I don't know them, who has helped me move closer to the Lord. Okay, I probably need to stop saying that I know everything I should know about this thing. And then I began to have a couple of friends that would reveal to me, oh, I do that. Mm -hmm. And I'd go, well, I know for sure you are a completely 100% Mm -hmm. authentic, normal. Mm -hmm. I've seen the way that the love of God flows through you and the spirit of God speaks through you. So, you know, I don't, what's the deal with that? <laughs> Ed sent this question. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know totally what to make of that, and that's sort right. of how I hold it. I okay, hold so it. what you what you think? I I was uh, the phrase um, uh, generous skepticism came to my mind for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I try to be generous uh, with the people that I know who have have a genuine experience that I know they're not trying to. They're not trying to be deceptive or mm-hmm. overly uh, manipulative or flashy mm-hmm. with this, but like you said, as you've had friends, I have friends, I have family members um, who hold this as a very, um, very important part of their relationship with God and with His church, and so I, I can't necessarily take the far end of you know all the people that experience this or go you know or think this is real are outside the camp of Christianity. But at the same time, I have a skepticism uh, for a lot of the ways that I see it. And I think the sad part is there's a popular version of Christianity Mm. that is mostly seen on Christian television that uses this as some kind of flashy proof that they are somehow in another level of Christianity that many other people aren't. And oftentimes, I think make people who don't necessarily have that experience to feel less than. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's healthy at all because uh, it. Paul does make it clear, even when he's writing about this right. gift being real, he makes it very clear. He says, look, 
I would much rather have a church service where 10,000 words are, are, uh, or or where five words are spoken in in a language that everybody can understand versus 10,000 where you can't understand. That's right. And he makes a, he's real hard on the point of some of y'all coming in here and using this gift you've got and people don't understand what you're saying. What good is that to the church? Everything must be done in order and to edify everybody else in the meeting. And so when it crosses over into something where those things aren't happening, that's where my skepticism kicks in. And I have a hard time with it. Again, not to cast, be overly judgmental with people, but I, I do see a strand that disturbs me. Yeah, well, and I think there's a difference too, even in what you're talking about there. I think it's important, you know, we talk about the 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 Paul verses of keeping it orderly. Mm-hmm. We as a church, I mean, I don't know that we ever really like sat down and looked at that verse and said we're going to do that, but that's really the motto we kind of take with everything in our church service is even things that are ordinary to many of us like communion. Yeah or singing praise songs to God. We always try to make sure to go, I want this to be able, and you know, the word Paul uses is edify, but like, mm-hmm. we want this to be something that builds everyone up. Yeah. It's, I mean, and people that are, go to our church that hear us teach, or if you don't just listen to the podcast, when we teach publicly, we do lots of things that are for the sake of the person that's there for the first time. Right. And I know for 85% of the people listening to me aren't necessary when I say, yeah. so today we're learning from the book of Mark, and Mark was... Not the original writer of this, but he followed Peter in there, the yeah, eyewitness yeah. testimonies, you know, all this kind of stuff. We say that kind of stuff in every message. And when I mention mm-hmm. Paul, I go, Paul was a guy who, yeah. you know, followed Jesus in the first it, century. It also reminds me, <laughs> and people don't know this because you don't necessarily see the behind the scenes stuff that goes on at our church. But if you've been at our church for a while, there are songs that are probably out there in the popular mm-hmm. Christian music mm-hmm. world that we just choose not to sing because they use language that most people in normal, the normal world just don't understand. Or if we they are going to sing them, we always make sure oh, to have explain. the host or somebody yeah. explain. We explain it. This is what the, like. There's a song that we sing, and it may seem silly to some of you, but this there's a song we sing that we love around here called "Abide," mm-hmm. and I will not put it into the service if it cannot go in a place where, where I'm going to have someone explain. Here's what the word "abide" means, and it probably seems silly to many people and people who love it who go, "I haven't sang that song in a while," and often it's because it just has not fit in where I could have it explained because it's important to us yes. when we gather together as a church. We gather in the name of Jesus for the purpose of glorifying Jesus. That's the reason we gather here. We are believers. We come together because we want to worship Jesus. And part of the way we glorify Jesus is that we uh, we talked about this in our volunteer banquet on Sunday. We love one another and we serve one another. And that's all part of what we're trying to do. And one of the ways we love people who are new to the faith or have no idea what they even believe yep. is to help them come in at a level where they do not feel less than mm-hmm for not knowing, for not having that experience. And so the public expression of tongues, Mm -hmm. I would say that that for anyone, if they were asking me, hey, what do you think should happen in in a church service or something like that, that, that's what I would say is I would think long and hard about how everyone is going to experience this. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it in church service. We don't do it, but I'm not saying that means any church shouldn't. But I would spend a lot of time in that passage going, what does this look like for the non-believer, for the person who's new in faith, and for the person who's here all the time? That all of those are part of it. And then, like you said about the kind of private, if it's a private prayer language, it's something between you and God. 
I think I personally think that could be a very beautiful thing. There are a lot of sure things can. that in my private there are ways I pray to God that I would not do publicly in a church service, not because I'm embarrassed by them, not because I think they're wrong, but because for the reason I said, I don't know that they would build other people up. And the purpose of the church service is not that I, and I say this to our worship leaders a lot, worship leading is not about you getting up there and worshiping in your personal own way. You are leading the body. There is, and not in the way, I hate this because people say this to me all the time. It feels like a performance. It is performative. And if you read any of the, any of the things about the way priests are supposed to behave Mm -hmm. in the old, you know, in the Old Testament scripture, there is a way of, I come before God and I come before the people and I'm leading you to come into the presence of God and to sing worship songs to him. So there is a level to which, you know, if I'm not feeling it, I shouldn't get up there on Sunday morning and just go, guys, we're about to sing this song. I hate my wife. And they're saying, I am angry at my wife. I'm going, I can't worship. No, 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 no. I hate my wife. That's not beneficial for the edifying of the body. But I, so anyway, to answer the part about, there are certainly things I have experienced in the last five to six years of my relationship with God that I believe are moves of the Spirit and very powerful and personal things. And then I tell people about them and they go, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, maybe, maybe that is. And I and I would say if you have experienced this gift privately in your own, mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't I would never want you to feel like I'm and hear either of a, any of us talking and saying, that's not it. The question was very loose of what's the deal. <laughs> and so I feel like we kind of covered the wide breadth of well, like so. in a recent message of as we're taping just yesterday, I said at the end, there are personal things that are for us. We just have to remember they're for us. One, they don't impress God. Speaking right. in tongues or not speaking in tongues does not impress well, God. One Paul word. explicitly says yeah, that. It just doesn't. And they shouldn't be done to impress anybody else. Right. That yes. specifically, Jesus said, when your acts of worship, whether it's fasting or giving or praying, yep. any of those which are personal acts of worship, if you do those in such a way to impress anybody, well, everything you got out of impressing somebody is all you get. God didn't care. It didn't help the way you want it. Yep. Those things are important. And if they matter to you, you should do them. But they aren't for God, and they aren't even the height of what followers of Christ. Paul makes clear when he talks in, in Corinthians, the height of Christianity is love. Yes. Yep. It's, it's well, us the, beginning to get to that point. That's the first line of 1 Corinthians 13. I can speak with the tongues of men and angels, but right. if I don't have love, I'm a right. resounding gong or clanging cymbal. So he jumps He jumps out of a discussion of tongues right. Right. into, let me show you what it's all about. And then he says that at the beginning. Yeah. And at the end of this, he says, of all the gifts, the greatest of these is love. Yes. And then he goes into this thing again about you got to exactly. have order in your worship. That's right. It's all about how do we learn to love. And sometimes I do less of what's best for me out of love. Every parent knows that. Yep. I do what's best for other people. That's how I know I'm loving. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the, what's the deal with that? That's the deal with that. <laughs> That's all the deal I got. So yeah. I, I hope that we helped. have dealt we have dealt you in. We dealt you in. So all right. So um, that's the deal with tongues. Next week, return to our podcast, and you know, we will oh, go ahead. I was just going to say to this person, you know, the good news about the way the YouTube algorithm works mm-hmm. is if we did not give you an answer you like, 
they will tag what's the deal with tongues to some other guys who will yeah. give you different answers. It's completely that's different answers. Completely different answers. Completely different answers. Will be, so have fun going down that road. Just look over in your right and yeah. you will see all kinds of other yes. answers about tongues. So we're going to discuss next week a statement that you made in a recent message. Oh, Ed. my gosh. People want clarification. Of course they do. Me too. <laughs> it would be hard to listen to one of our messages and not want clarification. Oh, yes. <laughs> Me too. I want yep. clarification. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> right. So that well, will bring good. you back next Tuesday yeah. when and we me. talk about that. Yeah. I'll be interested. And you'll though. figure out what, what you said. What was the one thing? What was the one <laughs> thing you said? So y'all have a great week. Don't forget to tune in to Thursday. The brand new uh, family podcast is, yes. is, is in full gear now. It is. Well, the second second episode of the Not Great Parents Not podcast. Great parents. So. It's a great podcast. How come everybody has a name for their podcast but us? I, I, I specifically remember discussions about whether we should have a name, <laughs> and one person won't say who. Might have answered this question, specifically said, why would we need a name? Why, why, why I don't want to come up with a name. Does that podcast. person still work here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he just asked the question of why we don't he have a name. He just asked why would we have one. This seems like a dumb thing to have a name for this podcast. <laughs> Just he and I it. knew exactly what we were talking yeah. about. The Community no Christian idea. Weekly Podcast. Just say we're getting up there talking about stuff. <laughs> and I said, that's what we're going to call the podcast? We're getting up there talking about stuff? All right. I bet in the beginning I thought we'd never make it as well. I just to say. <laughs> I bet I was thinking, that's the truth. this is one of those I, things I, we're going to do for two weeks. I'm going to be on. on the record saying I'm all in favor of this. Having a Except now, now we're 100 something episodes. We're 162. <laughs> Next week will be 163. So come back. Call it the We Made It podcast. <laughs> Ed was wrong podcast. Oh, <laughs> that like is that, a, that may be what the next episode That's is. My favorite. So come back. We'll we'll name it next week. Maybe. See ya.